So? Strugglers? Yeah. Okay. Strugglers. Let's, let's do it. The struggle is real. A sentence I've almost always heard used sarcastically. But the truth is, life can be hard. First of all, everyone struggles. It's part of pushing ourselves out of habits or through the learning process that is life. But sometimes we get stuck in the struggle and lose sight that that is not all that life is meant to be. As we strive for bigger and better things, we can't allow the outer struggle to define us. We will never not struggle, especially when striving for greatness. But when we allow the struggle to dictate our behavior or establish barriers to our progress, we fall into the struggler mentality. We must recognize it in ourselves to overcome it. We should recognize it in others to either be a hand up or learn to avoid the pitfalls. This episode is the main reason we started this podcast. This is the Mind Spark. What does this term struggler uh, describe? What is a struggler? When I think of struggler, I think of the TV show Seinfeld. (laughs) Costanza? Or or pretty much everyone on there. (laughs) I think everyone on there struggles. And I think they accentuate it. And that's why it's funny. So what do we mean by that? Hmm. It's funny because humor, humor plays on, you know, the the irony of human interaction and exaggerates it and it makes it funny because it's true, but it's exaggerated in such a way where, you know, it's funny. And I think people who I think of as strugglers are people who... They do exaggerate their problems to a degree where they feel they that there is no solution or that they can work. It's usually very externally said that if my boss would appreciate me or if my spouse would do this or if my parents would have done this or if the government would give me this, it's very externally focused, the solutions are. Yeah, and, and really... Instead of taking ownership over situations or problems, a struggler will tend to <clears throat> will tend to deflect everything outward and never say, you know, maybe I, what influence do I have to solve that? Or what have I been doing? What habits do I have that are contributing to this problem? It's always someone else is causing this to happen to me. And while sometimes that is legitimate, sometimes you are the victim of an external source, a struggler will never take ownership, or very rarely will take ownership of a situation. Even if it's something negative is Im- impacting you from the outside, there's still stuff you can do about it um, to change. Whereas a struggler will just say, that there's nothing I can do. This just happens to me, and I am a victim. Yeah, I think it's tied very closely to like victimhood mentality. In uh, in the you know in the past, we've talked a lot amongst ourselves about examples when we see people acting as strugglers. Um, and it's not to say that it's a certain kind of person. I think it's a kind of is a it's a type of behavior, and we can all fall prey to it, where we say, you know, we're where we're stuck in in kind of a negative victimhood outlook and we're unwilling to say no I have the power to change my situation or affect it so I think most people have those dips in their lives where we do struggle with things we outwardly share it with people around us but then because we're willing to listen to those people around us, that we rebound quickly and we correct course and, you know, we're back on our feet. But I think there are those people who don't listen, right? Well, they'll always create, them, they'll always position themselves as the exception. Because if they come to you and say, Jason, here's my problem, 
da, 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 and you respond and say, well, here's what I would do. Oh, well, I can't do that because my situation is different. And, you know, it's always like there's always some some other reason why the solution can't work. Yeah, I think it's I think they they really like to complain for people to validate their point of view and kind of almost give them pity points on. Yeah, your situation really sucks. I'm sorry. But as soon as you start giving advice or saying, hey, you know, what if you did this? Then they they no longer want your opinion. It's now you don't understand. You know, you're now you're part of their problem all of a sudden. You know. Well, I thought you I thought you were on my side. Well, I, mean, I am on your side. That's why I'm trying to give you help and advice. But you don't understand what I'm saying. All they want is for you to say, "Oh my gosh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard," and I guess there's no solution to it. Yeah. So that they feel justified in their their feelings about it too. I don't know. I'm a, I've, lately I've come to realize through different ways that you know problems are very complicated, you know, and but the solutions don't have to be, you know, um, or we can, you know, things are, are fairly complicated, and and strugglers, to me, seem to be the the type of people that they like to dwell and kind of stay there, almost as an excuse for all my problems, excuses, my laziness, my desire not to be proactive, or to take ownership or responsibility for my life. It places the blame somewhere else, and or the cause. It's always external, blame or cause, whatever you want to think of, which excuses me from having to do anything about it. And, and um, it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But we often talk about examples, you know. We, we have people in our lives uh, and we interact with them. And at first you genuinely care for them. But then you start realizing that they are happy in their misery. They're happy. They like having issues to complain about all the time. It's almost like a positive experience for them, you know? And, and for me, it's like, if one of you comes and complains to me, most of the time I'll, I'll say, you know what? That does suck. That's terrible. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, that person's crazy. Let's go beat him up. I don't know. You know, I, I, will, I will validate your feelings. But if it's every day, every conversation, it's a complaint about the weather, about your boss, about this and this. It's like, how do you live in such a life that's just spiraling out of control and you are such a victim of all of your surroundings? Because at some point, it's you have to move. You have to change. You have to tell that person off. You have to not care what they think. But, but it's become a norm and a kind of a currency in our society. Who can out-pity each other the most? Who can make the most excuses? Because that way you don't have to change. I'll give you an example. The my my favorite, not my favorite one, but the one that really. Well, yeah, maybe my favorite one, is uh, when I hear people pre-excuse their bad behavior. They'll say things like, "Just so you know, I'm not very organized, or I'm not good at organization. So you're gonna have to remind me." that I owe you money or something, you know, along those lines. It's like, no, not only are you, you should have the etiquette and the care to remember your own things. But now you're saying in the future, I plan to not be responsible. (laughs) I never plan to improve this part. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. then will you please just understand that now so I can continue to not be responsible? And that's become a norm to say things like that nowadays. Hey, just so you know, I'm a very impatient person. So if I text you 10 times, uh, you know, in five minutes, uh, just, you know, that, that's just how I am. I'm just impatient. It's like you're, you're surrendering your willpower and your ability. You're capping your own intelligence. You're saying, I have developed as far as I can. I can no longer develop more. 
Okay? And please accept my bad attitude. Because if you did not feel bad about it, if you didn't know that that's not acceptable, you wouldn't do a pre-excuse explanation apology before the action. And that's become a very normal thing nowadays. Well, we've talked about growth and fixed mindsets. And the growth mindset being, you know, I'm not stuck in who I am right now. That may be a bad habit that I have, but I can change that. I can improve that and I can be better. Fixed mindset is exactly what you're describing. That's who I am. That's how I am. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, so you're done. You, you, you consider this the apex of who you will ever become as a human being. That's how I am. And so you're, you're telling me a lot of things with that that you have no intention or desire to change or to improve, and that you fully recognize that that is a weakness, and that that is a deficiency, which that doesn't seem like it makes much sense, those two things together. Like, if you recognize a weakness and a deficiency, wouldn't you want to become stronger or better at that? And then the other thing that came to my mind when you were talking was... Uh, I don't know if we brought it up in the past, but we've talked about it, and that is victimhood culture, and how that's kind of becoming a, a more common thing at, in our society, where it used to be you have bullies, <clears throat> and everyone agrees that bullying is wrong, but now you have this kind of counteracting bullying, where someone will say, look, that person is bullying me. I'm a victim. And then they'll kind of go out and seek out support to go against the bully, almost to out-bully the bully by claiming to be a victim. Yeah. And you almost get, like, these social credit points if you are a victim. What are you a victim of, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm a victim of this and that. Oh, that that's terrible, you know? Why, why, why can't we say, I, I don't... I choose to not be a victim. I choose to... To repel that. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's also important for people to know that this isn't being empowered and taking responsibility, not being a victim does not mean bad things don't happen. Or that you or that you're delusional or that you think oh, I'm just happy that guy just smacked me in the face, but I'm not a victim. I didn't even feel pain, you know. Like <laughs> that's ridiculous. It sucks. It's it's not it's just not a state where you wanna dwell. You don't wanna set up camp there. You don't want to build your house you in Struggleville. Into who you are. Yeah. You know. You know you. I'm a victim now, I guess. Yeah, it's okay <laughs> to be sad, disappointed, have all those emotions, but you go through those emotions. You don't stay in those emotions. Emotions. <laughs> also, <laughs> I think we need to make it really clear that when we talk about strugglers, we are going to make some pretty broad generalizations, but we're not talking about people that are suffering from mental health disorders like depression or anxiety or things like that that's not what we're referring to we're not saying if you if you you know have clinical depression that you're a struggler um that's a real thing and that we're not talking about that we're talking about people who are just basically they have the, the tools and the capability of changing and making themselves different on their own and they're choosing not to because they're putting that limit and barrier on themselves that's a struggler well, and then the the ne the next step is once you you realize that behavior, it's really easy to see it in others. But then, do you see it in yourself? Do you see scenarios where you are the struggler? And that's that's the whole point of this: is what do you can you analyze? Can you be more self aware of the behavior? And we do this all the time. We get mad at someone else. It's very easy to see issues. And problems with other people's character or habits but we rarely take that lesson and see and apply it to ourselves do I do something similar and that's that's the whole point of this it's it's not just do we want to identify this behavior and isolate those people and just stay away from them yeah that's probably useful sometimes but the but the meat of the issue is how do you in yourself become aware of issues where you are more empowered than you actually feel or you are being a victim and you need to you know make a plan or 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 you know work your way into a different situation so do strugglers actually 
see struggles in other people and talk about it? Or do they try to one-up those strugglers by saying that they struggle more? <laughs> I think I think there's a, an aspect of, like, I'm going to commiserate with people, right? I'm going to say, this is the stuff I'm going through, and then that person will say, this is the stuff I'm going through, and it will be kind of like, hey, you know, we're in this, our struggles are different, but we're in this together and we'll be fine. That's almost like a positive way to approach things if you're really going through a hard time. That's like a normal conversation. Right. But there definitely is a thing where someone will say, you know, my dog died, got hit by a car last night, and I'm having a really hard time with it. And someone else would be like, oh, yeah? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, my dog. <laughs> well, well, there is the one-upping. People trying to one-up each other. Yeah, almost um, like negative one-upping, one-down. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I've I've noticed in especially in team settings where if some it's much easier to relate to the team if you find a negative thing to complain about. It's almost like, oh, guys, I couldn't find parking. And then all of a sudden, everybody jumps on. Yeah, parking's getting out of control. You know, there's too many people. And, you, and, you, and, it, and that's very easy. And I think it's in our nature. Maybe it's a, it's a survival thing. Maybe it's you know, in our genes or it's just in, 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 uh, in the process that we're in refining our character that, that doing the opposite is obviously going to be the easier thing. Well, it, and it's comfortable being around people who have problems also so and if you're around people who never outwardly show that they ever have problems it's like how can I relate to this person they're perfect everything they do they is good they don't have any problems I can't relate to these people and if I do share something that's a problem with me but they might look down on me that oh look I'm broken I have these problems so I think that's a relief it's an icebreaker yeah. when you are having conversations with people and say, hey, I have this problem. And then they're like, oh, he's not perfect. He has a problem. I have problems too. Now we can have this communication and talking and stuff like that. Well, it's funny because we, we really like, you know, um, inspirational stories, uh, you know, whether it's in media, Facebook. You know, we love hearing people, hey, so-and-so, all these terrible things happen to them. But then they, they persevered and they got their scholarship and they became some great or or despite this terrible condition. And we we love that. We like hearing those stories. We like watching those movies, those based on true story or, or you know, the hallmark effect, whatever. It's great because it, you know, there's a journey in there and you can relate to it because it's, it's a person in a terrible situation, worse than me, doing even better than me at the end of the at the end of the story. Then kind of gives us hope hey you know you know my situation I can improve it to some degree but I think like you said it's important that we relate to people it's important that we're genuine that we don't fake things we really have to feel it but on one side of the spectrum you have people who are strugglers who everything is happening to them and they have zero control over their life which is almost fake it's exaggerated right yeah. so that is Fake in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, there's some it's not natural, to it, but it's exaggerated. It, it's not natural. And then you have the opposite: is people who have this facade of invulnerability. They've never made a mistake. Everything is shiny and nice, and they're happy. And even when they're sad, they, they instead of crying, they laugh in, in a state of enjoyment. And it's I like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, that's not real either, you know. And those people have issues. Those are the ones that up up and, 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 and do something crazy and you're like, what happened? They just snapped because they didn't live in reality. They were bottling up a whole bunch of stuff. And I think the healthy place is to be in the middle, to go through negative emotions, be okay with bad scenarios as long as you are working your way out of it. You know, um, I think a, a very unique thing that I see on people that are either depressed or sad or, or, or feel stuck in their life is they feel isolated. They feel alone, like their their issues or problems are very unique to them. I don't think they are, you know? Feeling like you don't fit in is a very universal emotion. 
feeling stuck, feeling, you know, disappointment, uh, getting too excited about something and then being let down. <laughs> I think that happens to everyone. But, you know, it's the way you deal with it. Do you, are you dealing, it, dealing with it in a positive way or are you reinforcing negative destructive behavior? And what I see is people that tend to stay in Strugglerville, they continue to exhibit behavior that only makes the scenario worse. They say, oh, well, I'm just going to bad mouth this person. And it's like, that's never actually going to solve your problem if you want to have a good relationship with that person. So when we, when we talk about strugglers, there's different kinds of struggle behaviors. And we've kind of categorized them a little bit. And in future episodes... We'll probably go into more detail of each one um, to kind of define them a little bit better and give better examples. But we kind of wanted to introduce the, the concepts today. Um, the first one would be, we, we've given them kind of titles to kind of be able to refer to what we're talking about. Uh, the first one's the pickle. And we call it that because a pickle is essentially a cucumber that's been sitting in a brine, right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 a pickle is just a cucumber, but it's been sitting in a brine or like in a vinegary solution for so long that it's become corrupted and it doesn't taste good anymore. It becomes bitter. Yeah, and and, and it is disgusting. a term used like when you're a pickle. Is that a term? That seems like a term. It should be. Used. Yeah, it's actually a play in baseball. Get out of the pickle. Um, but. We, we give it that title because of uh, the concept of negative asymmetry, which is basically the idea that negative thoughts and negative actions have a greater impact on us than positive ones do. And that might seem like a depressing thought, but it is true. And there have been studies that have shown that people who engage in regular negative thoughts it actually changes their brain chemistry to facilitate even more frequent negative thoughts. And so they say there's a five to one ratio. For every one yeah. negative thought or behavior that you have, you have to have five positive ones to make up for it. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, you are more prone to remember negative interactions with people than the pleasant ones. If you go to a store and the person at the store you know, doesn't look at you and won't talk to you. And when they do, they're like, what do you want? You know, you're going to remember that more than if the person just said, how can I help you? Oh, here's yeah. the stuff you need. You won't have that, that strong of an experience. So watching local news every evening would actually help, right? No, that would make you more depressed, <laughs> mister. No, but it's almost like, um, you know, I, I've seen individuals who they'll, They'll go to a store and they'll they'll be a bad they'll be a bad waiter. They'll receive bad service, right? And uh, they'll write off the entire restaurant because one minimum wage employee was not the best example of service. We don't realize, but the food was delicious, or the place is clean, and the bathroom is is nice shape, you know. You know, and, we, and we rush right home. We tell everybody about the bad experience, and hey, don't go here. It's the worst. Well, and that's you know, if you're really good in the service industry, you don't you don't give people an ounce of opportunity to think of negative experience. You know, everything has to be impeccable. And those are people who are really good at service, and we 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 like those people. But we don't understand that they are battling that negative asymmetry. All day, every day. Yeah. In, in the context of like an individual and a struggler, think of it as if you are always having negative thoughts or if you're always taking a negative stance, you know, you, um, you win a prize at a raffle, you know, you win a, a phone at a raffle and you go home and you're like, Everybody's like, whoa, you want a free phone? You're like, yeah, but it's not the phone I wanted. You know, that kind of just like negative perspective on everything. I'm going to have to buy a new case. Yeah. A new I, heard you got, I heard you got a new job or a new promotion. Yeah, but now I got to work more. And now they're going to expect more of me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like. Oh, dude. Names are popping in my head <laughs> as you're saying those things. 
<laughs> but I won't say them. But that's the thing. Like when when either you are regularly negative like that, or you're with someone, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a family member or a coworker who's constantly in that negative mindset, it will affect you, and it will bring you down with with them. Just like you're sitting in the brine with the pickle, right? Yeah. You're in there too, and it will change you. It changes your brain chemistry. It changes your outlook on things. When, when the good things happen to you, you don't automatically say, well, you know, it's not the phone I wanted, but I want a free phone. How awesome is that? Well, it, it also plays into, you know, confirmation bias. What you value, you will notice more of. It's like when you buy a new car, and and all of a sudden you start seeing that car everywhere, you know, or or you have a lucky number and you see that number everywhere and it's well, are you taking note of all the times you see a number and you do not see that number anywhere else, you know? Do you do you take note of that, you know? And that's kind of that way. Is this a place that where you would put people who are unable to be happy at someone else's success? Like, um, yeah, I think so. um, you know, something good happens to someone else, maybe a coworker, and you have to have problem with it because either it didn't happen to you. Or you, for some reason, don't feel like they went through what was necessary yeah. to obtain that. Yeah, or, like yeah, it, it's just, just they be happy. They haven't been here as long as I have, or they haven't been here long enough to deserve that, you know, or they haven't, yeah. Yeah, anything that's negative that brings your your possibilities down and those around you, I think that's kind of what is reflected in the concept of the pickle as being that kind of struggler. You you just you can't see the positive things happen, or you're with people who can't see the positive things happen, and whether whether it's you or someone else, when you're around that much negativity, it drastically affects you. I spoke to a friend of mine who's a, a therapist and he works with the elderly and with children. And he said that negative asymmetry, we talked about how it's a five to one ratio, with children it's vastly greater than five to one. Like if they have a negative traumatic experience, it can be 10 times more impactful than a positive experience. So you think about that, and including with the elderly, who in many ways are as vulnerable as children um, in some ways. They have a negative experience or a negative interaction or a, some sort of trauma. It takes 10 times more positive reinforcement to overcome that than, you know. That's well, it, it's funny because I think we have to proactively cultivate being grateful having a good perspective, you know, whether or either you think about it as a religious trait or like a spiritual trait or like self-improvement or, or just a good balanced state of mind is, it, it's, you know, you have to proactively look for good things and then it, it, that becomes easier. It's not just everything is drudgery, but the problem with the pickle is you can, if you stay there, if everything is has a negative twist, then the world will soon begin to look very bleak, very sad. You will feel like you're not in control, and you start becoming bitter, you know, yeah. at everything. When, when it's like, hey, you want to go to the store, but does that mean I have to drive? <laughs> yeah, that's how you get places. But there's ice cream there. I don't want to have gone. to see people. All right, what's the next one? Next one is the martyr. And we've already talked a little bit about victimhood culture, and that's the concept behind the martyr. That I am I am somehow sacrificing myself and my well-being for the betterment of others. And there are people who legitimately do that, but strugglers do it in a way that is not legitimate, where they're saying, you know, I, I'm... I'm going so, to become a victim. Okay. Yeah. So I thought of this. What about this? Uh, individuals who, let's say, you know, you have a potluck as a team. Here we go with the potluck. No, no, I'm not bringing <laughs> no, up the potluck. No, no, no. 
and they always sign up to get everything. You are bringing up the pop. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is just an example. Gosh, you guys suck. But then they 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 sign up to do it all, but then inversely complain about they're the only ones doing it all. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like this vicious cycle that they'll say they'll be there to help you, but then they'll guilt you in the fact that they helped you. So it's it's a lot like virtue signaling, you know, where you, hey, you know, out of out of a good virtue, I'm gonna use it to beat you up with it. Yeah. So the same thing like signing up for like a service project. Mm -hmm. And, and everybody has to know. And then what, after you do it, it's like, oh, it was so hard. Or I'm gonna come help you move, and then the whole time I'm gonna be like, man, I, all Saturday, you know, you only get one Saturday a week, and here I am, <laughs> you know. And it's like, well, then don't come if you're not yeah. gonna be doing this legitimately. Then I'd rather you not be here, you know. It's it's um you know I think of in the Bible you know do your alms so you can be seen of others. Right. Oh, look how much look how much this is costing me to do. Look <laughs> look how much effort I'm putting into this. And it's like you're missing the whole point. You're supposed to help somebody. If you don't genuinely feel, but but you know it's the martyr. Yeah. Where they make good things seem bad <laughs> that seems like a slogan so so why are they doing that are they doing it because they want everybody to think that they're always doing good things yeah. it's like look at me i'm always you you see it with people that are super busy they pack their schedule to the max so then they can be like oh man i just i just work so hard you know it's it's just so hard to work so hard and it's or... like you're just very inefficient, dude. That's that's it. You're just very inefficient. You like lording that over people. Or to one group, they'll they'll volunteer to take on the entire responsibility. Oh, I'll, I can do all of that. And so to that group, that group looks at them and says, "Wow, that person, they just took on all of that work. That's crazy. If they if they're able to do that, they're incredible." But then they'll turn around to their another group and be like, "Yeah, these guys, they just gave me all this work to do." I'm just so overwhelmed by all of this. And it's like, if as long as those two groups never meet, then this group thinks you're amazing. And this group thinks that you have just taken upon yourself the greatest burden and you're just going to carry it through. And they will also think you're amazing. Right? Yeah. If they ever meet, then it's like, wow, this I can't believe you, you find guys out tossed all this being, work on that person. Yeah. And then they're like, nah, they volunteered. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, what and were that, they complaining that's, about? That's that? the martyr. It's, it's, you have something to complain, and it's manipulative. To one group, it's, look how great I am, and look how generous I am. And to the other group is, look how, how people use me. They just use me so much. But I, I that's, you know. I'm that's my lot in life. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, someone, you know. And in, in a way, it's like almost a badge of honor. But it's like, if you're miserable, then just... There's a certain amount of hypocrisy and manipulation that goes on there. Yeah. And it's fine if that's what you like, but don't complain about it. If you want to do it all, then do it all. There are certain things I like doing everything because I like it a certain way, and I'd rather have it done a certain way. But you need to own that. You know, not just, now I'm just going to be a martyr. Oh, I can't believe that I have to mow the lawn this way. And it's like, you're the only one that has a problem when it's not done that way. You know how I am. Once I get started, it has to be perfect, so I better just not get started. Because <laughs> then I'll have to spend all weekend. That guy seems like a guy who owns a truck. <laughs> just saying. All right, next one. Next one is the leech, and this has to do with dependency on others. Um, not in a healthy way, obviously, but in a way where you never gain autonomy in a way that you never become independent. Um, keep having to come back to depending on others. You, there may be brief stints where this individual leaves the nest, so to speak, and it's not always children and parents. It could be really inter any interaction. But someone kind of goes out on their own but then realizes that life is hard and that there's a struggle and that they have to be autonomous and independent and that they can't just do whatever they want, and it's a, it's too difficult, and they end up coming back, right? And there's always that return to that comfort zone. Um, maybe it's a dependency on comfort in general. Yeah, I also I also view individuals who 
um, do not like to do things alone. You know, it's almost like, hey, will you come with me to talk to so-and-so? You know, or will you tell them this for me? Um, no, they're very indirect in their conversations, I would say. Uh, more hinting, they will never outright say no. No, I don't want to do that. They'll say, or bring up reasons why you should say no for them. You know? yeah. So is it taking advantage of people? Is it? Well, the leech has to have an enabler, right? They have to have someone who they're dependent on. Usually that person feels like their hands are tied. Usually that person is like, well, I have to take them in or I have to take them back because they don't have anywhere else to go and they're incapable of doing things on their own. So there, it's, a, it's a two-sided thing, but... Yeah. It's usually the struggler that's instigating all of this, right? They're the ones that are like... And they know who to go to because they push those buttons before to get what they want. Would you say that they are a leech because they have low self-esteem? Or is it, is it not that because you see them very capable in other aspects of life? They're just choosing to be lazy in this one aspect. I think it could be both. Okay. I think you could have a situation where someone maybe isn't actually equipped with the tools to operate on their own. And so every time they try, they find out, wow, I am severely underprepared for this. And so they have to go back and they never do anything to develop those skills. And so they'll never really have dependent, independence. But then you do have other people who are like, you know what, it's just easier to not have to be independent. You know, uh, This person will always take me back this person will always help me out. Would it be also maybe they they don't have a lack of ambition. They just have a lack of execution. And they like taking shortcuts. And the shortcuts are leeching off others. Bouncing from one person to the other. Getting everything they can until they suck them dry. And then jump to the next person. By the time they get to that first person again, <laughs> they have accumulated their resources so they can suck those dry again. You seem like you're speaking from experience here, my friend. <laughs> I bet a couple of names were in your mind. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think it is a form of laziness. But they've... Doesn't it take more work sometimes to do I, that? To me, it does. It seems like, why would you want to go through that? Well, and, and I don't know, as someone who values... Independence. Independence. Well, I, I feel like I would feel very, very boxed in if I was dependent on other people constantly. Yeah, I think the reward of being independent is higher in my mind than relying on other people. Or... Well, and it's also not saying that it's not okay to get help. It's totally okay to get help. Yeah. And your friends and family are probably really willing to help you when you need help. But if in every situation you need help for everything, that's not help. That's just a lack of development. You haven't developed the skills or you don't have a good enough plan. It's not ever going to work and people have to bail you out continuously. And that's the thing. When you said, but isn't it more work? I think that's the message here is being a struggler is a compounding problem that makes your life much, much harder than it should be. You know, doing things right the first time. You know, you know how, you know, your, your wood class teacher, your wood, whatever, everybody, as the, any good teacher would always teach you, do it right the first time. Do not take shortcuts. Focus on technique. Focus on execution. But people who say, no, I'm just going to scrap this together and, and it's good enough. Well, that's, you're just learning to shortcut things. And in the long run, that shortcut is going to hurt more than if you would have taken the actual path. So they have the energy, they just don't have the knowledge. It's completely yeah. misdirected energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like if you see someone drowning, they're expending a lot of energy, more energy than swimming. They, they just never took the time to swim and they're panicking. And in that panic, they don't see how they can ever get out of it. And that's how I would describe a lot of struggler people I see. They think they're, they're consigned to their current lifestyle or their current problems. There's no obvious way out and life is a misery and then you die, right? 
And it's no, it should be a joy. And life is about overcoming problems. And within time, you know, you'll go from big problems to small problems to, you know, you, you get better at it. Where if you don't exercise that, your life will seem the opposite. Like problems keep getting worse and worse and life just gets harder and harder. And if that's how you feel, then you haven't learned the formula to do it. You know? Anyway. What's next? Next one is the time traveler. And this has to do with <laughs> being present in the moment. And this, this comes up when you have people who, say, are living in the past, right? Back in high school, man. The, I was the glory the days. The Uncle Ricos from the Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> the Uncle Ricos. I bet you I could throw a football over the mountains over there. <laughs> you know? They're living in their past. That that was the glory days, the golden era of my life. And I just got to get back to that and then I'll be happy. And in all of that, they were constantly looking backwards and they're never living in the moment. And so the moment continues to pass by and they never become anything because they're living in the past. And the the other way is also true. That they're saying, someday when this happens, then I'll be happy. happy." When I get that promotion or when I... You know, win, buy a house. Win the lottery. Or when this or that happens, when yeah. someone so finally recognizes that I'm the one, you know, whatever it might be, yeah, yeah. then I'll be happy. And it's like, well, what about right now? But, you are squandering your time thinking about either the past or this mythical It's almost future. like you're, you're building, you know, happiness debt that you're putting off to a, a one day where you can cash in. But... The thing with our lives is like, there is no future. It's always now, and if you don't, if you don't learn to be happy now, you won't be happy with a million dollars. You won't be happy when you're with that person. There'll be, especially if you've cultivated a lot of these other attributes, where you're just a bitter pickle, you know. So the time traveler is waiting for their surroundings, everything around them, to change and alter to what they want it to be instead of them changing and altering to what is now. Even, they might even be working towards something, right? They might even be legitimately working towards something and saying, once I graduate from college, then I'll be happy. And I'm working super hard, but when that happened, then they graduate, right? And they realize... Once I get a job. Nothing magical happened when you graduate, <laughs> right? Okay, well, once I get my dream job, then I'll be happy. And then they get the job that they want, and they realize that there are days that suck there. Yeah. And that sometimes there's months that suck there. And they're like, uh, well, once I do this, then... You once know, I it's have always, a kid, I always think and then that terms, kid is in Disneyland. Yeah. I always think of it in terms of, like, my, my daughter as she's growing up. You know, there's the different stages in life where it's like, as an infant, just kind of sitting there squirming, crying. You know, you're like, well... Once she's able to make eye contact and kind of interact, then it'll be more fun. And then that happens. It's like, well, once she's able to, to walk, then I don't want to carry her everywhere. Yeah. And then that happens. Well, once she's able to speak in full sentences, then I won't have to guess what she's always wanting or what she's getting at. You know, there's always like this, this next thing. When that happens, then it'll be fine and it won't be such a difficult thing. In the meantime, you're missing out on all these incredible milestones that your child is hitting. You know, right? you know, it's funny. It's really ironic that uh, people that are young can't wait till they're older, and people that are old can't wait to and wish that they were younger. And and to me, I'm like, why can't you just be happy with what you have? When you're young, you have no cares. You don't have to pay mortgages. You know, and you may not even know, but just enjoy it. And when you're old, you can go buy whatever you want. You don't have to wait for your birthday to get stuff. Just go to the store and buy what you want. You know, everything has a positive state in it. You can stay up and watch TV. You know, um. but, but every stage will also have something negative that you have to, to work on. And that, that's okay, you know. But I think, like you said, the time traveler is waiting for some event. And that event and that finish line or that, that goalpost keeps moving. Every time you get there, it moves. And it's not the same as having ambition or goals where now, okay, I met this goal, I want another goal. It's the never problem is never being... It's not productive and fulfilling. Right. And it's never feeling not satisfied because I think there's also something productive about 
driving for for more greater accomplishments or whatever but it's never like enjoying the state you're in never saying you know yeah this isn't where i want to be in 10 years but i'm here right now and i'm going to enjoy it while i'm here and in 10 years when i look back on this i'll be like wow that was a good time very different it's better now yeah but i like that it's almost like like if you were to take a class like a pottery class right if you go in there expecting your first class, you're, you're going to create a masterpiece. He wanted to talk about jiu-jitsu. I did. <laughs> I've changed it from jiu-jitsu to pottery. Okay? If you think... Because I'm, I'm trying, guys. I'm trying on the end Because this is what his jiu-jitsu teacher taught. Right. Well, about pottery. Oh, my gosh. But it's okay. It's okay that it's lopsided. It's okay. You're on the journey. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And as you progress to the next day... Enjoy that progression, but don't get lost in I want to be a master potter and be disillusioned every time that it takes effort. It's little by little incremental improvement over time. And you will have periods of time where there is no change. Yeah. You will have these points when kind of your advancement flattens out and you're on the great plains of life and there's nothing really all that interesting happening. And that's when I think people start to get frustrated. They start to say, well... I'm or, working or, really hard. Or they abandon the plan. Right. They abandon the plan. They're not patient, just staying on the road. They abandon it, and now things get worse. And instead of just saying, I'm going to stay the course, I'm actually going to enjoy the peace and stability that I have right now because everything's kind of okay, even though it's not a, my ideal. I know I'm still headed there. I'm just in a boring part, or I'm just in a plateau, right? And it will, it will come. Things are happening. Well, and then you got plenty of opportunities to reach out to the people around you, enjoy their growth in the states that they're moving and growing in, even if yours is born. Yeah. All right, the next one is? Last one is the chameleon. And this has to do with uh, changing of identity. The, the way that I picture this is that depending on who you're talking to or what group you're with, your identity changes to match those people or that group. Instead of having a clear definition of this is who I am. Usually with that identity is also your values. Yeah. Yeah. You and that's, that's a huge part of it, right? When you're with this group that their values are very different than, say, your family's values, you tend to adapt and match them. But then when you're with your family, you act a completely different way. And your voice changes. haven't you noticed that (laughs) and I'm not talking about accents (laughs) Uh, sometimes when I'm with someone that I'm around all the time and then we go visit someone else all of a sudden they start talking really different and I'm like what what are you doing why are you talking this way why are you saying things like this this is not you you know (laughs) and it feels very fake and it's like, you don't have to try to impress them with this or that. Just be yeah. yourself. But I, I've noticed voice changing, whether it's what they say or how they say it. or It's just interesting. Well, I can always like say the, I haven't noticed that. <laughs> like, like, an, like their external mannerisms, the way they are. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll sit differently. No, but... but this, this individual will suffer from identity crisis. You know, they won't really be satisfied with anything because it doesn't match their values. Their values change according to whom they are around. And so it's really hard to have self-worth, self-integrity, self-discipline, because you've said already, those things aren't up to me, it's up to those who I'm around. Well, and it's always in, I think, an endeavor to impress the people you're with or get them to like you. So you're trying to mirror them. or Are, are you living in fear? I, I think so. I think what it is is I want this person to like me. I want to impress this person. So I'm going to say and agree with everything that they say and agree with. And if they say, I hate chocolate, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, chocolate's gross. Yeah, I'm, I used to like it, but now nah, lately I, I don't want to touch this stuff. Yeah. And then... Five minutes later, you're talking to someone. They're like, "Oh, I just got these brand new chocolates, and I love chocolate. Do you want some?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, I love chocolate." <laughs> and then 
The problem is there are people in this world that can sniff that out. There are people who can tell. Or they realize I was with you in both those groups. <laughs> You're highly inconsistent. And then what happens is trust is evaporated. Yeah. Right? And that almost instantaneously you look at them and you think, oh, you have no spine. You have no true color. You're a chameleon. You change depending on the circumstances. Yeah. And that it's really hard to trust somebody when you know that they have those tendencies. Because you're and, like, what are you saying? Are you being honest with me or are you just agreeing with me? And, you know, it's, an, it's natural to have that inclination, but it takes maturity for or, or be, being in a group, having friends that you can be completely honest with. And it's a fear of disagreeing. It's a fear of being contrary. It's a fear of, of just saying, hey, guys, no, I don't want to eat there. That, that stuff is gross. And yeah, then they you, look at you, and and if you're really good friends, they, they would say, "Well, you're crazy. That's the delicious. You yeah, know, you, you suck. Can, you know." You can still answer them with respect and kindness. Yeah. If someone says, "Hey, do I look good in this dress?" And oh. you're like, "You know what? Bright orange with blue stripes doesn't look good." You know, you can say it in such a way you can be I nice. I feel like there's a story there. <laughs> I feel like there's a story. No. Okay. He doesn't wear dresses anymore. Oh my. Goodness. <laughs> But no, you can still be respectful and kind and not lose who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think you will attract the right kind of people. You will attract people that you can be honest with when you are honest. And also, it, when you are honest and those who you deem to be your friends turn on you and start cannibalizing you because you have a different point of view... That right there is a really good indicator that you possibly have bad friends. <laughs> and maybe you need to change that scenario so you can be in a healthier environment where you can speak your mind, you can say something that's different. Because you see this very much. And it's, it, it breeds, that chameleon stuff breeds the opposite of diversity. What you want is, is you want the ability to be yourself. Everyone can be themselves. You know, you have a certain amount of core values that don't change, but the but the stuff on the periphery, you can be as individual as you are. You know, the core values are you know you deal with people who are respectful, who are mindful, that aren't self-centered. You know, that believe in the core values you believe in, and then outside of that, just be the heck whoever the heck you want. I think this is also it comes, just like an actual real chameleon. It's a survival tactic, right? It's a way where you're like, I don't know how to fit in. I don't know. I don't maybe have confidence in who I am. And so I'm going to just agree with whatever these people say so that they see me as an ally and as an asset and not as a weird threat, you know? So I'm just going to kind of blend in and that will help me survive social situations, right? There's something to say about having the self-confidence to be able to say yeah you know I, I'm not a huge fan of chocolate and have people be like what chocolate's the best yeah especially like especially with things that or things that, that matter more that are trivial right? <laughs> right it's like you should be able to express your preference in chocolate and ice cream and shoes whatever without being such a fake things that are more complicated and maybe topics that are really complicated that it's okay to also say I, I haven't given it much thought I don't have an opinion on whether the US should invade Guam again you know I, I don't know I don't have enough data I generally don't like invasions I don't think it's nice and I hope people don't die so if that's so I'm gonna say no for now and that's okay I think it I think these people also the chameleons they're scared to say I don't know or I don't care and I think that's the correct thing to say if in like we're talking about these bigger situations, like if your boss comes up to you and says, "Hey, this is the plan. This is what we're gonna do in this plan. What do you think about it?" Instead of agreeing if you don't, or disagreeing and then having an enemy all of a sudden, you say, "You know what? I don't have enough information. I don't quite understand. I'm gonna have to dive into this more and get more information, and then we can have this discussion again." But people don't do that. 
they're quick to say, yeah, I agree with you, let's just do this. They think that's the easy way, and they just do it. But then they come out of that meeting, and they go to their coworker, and they're like, can you believe this? This is the biggest load of crap. And it's like, you're being a chameleon right there. You're yeah. saying, yes, sir, right away, sir. And then you're turning around being like, what? This is, this is crazy. Why not just be like, well, I don't fully agree with that. Help me understand it better. Or what if we did this instead? You, to be able to have the confidence and ability to do that. Or just be like, you know what? I committed to it. And if someone says, did you hear that? I'll be like, yeah, I don't really understand it or agree with it, but I've committed to it. Yeah, and that's fine. See, I think there's two parts of this. I, well, they all can get very much more complicated. Well, that person that's why we're going to get into more detail. Yeah, yeah. In, in that that, that person was a chameleon twice, right? Chameleon right. to the boss, agreeing. And then a chameleon to the person who's like, you know, can you believe they said that? And then you're adapting real quick to that person because yeah. you want to fit. So. And then to themselves. Like, where are you actually? In this broad spectrum you just created of yes, 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 and holy cow, no, no, no. Where, where are you in there? Do they even know? You haven't had a chance to actually develop an opinion or an identity because it's so dependent on everyone else. So You're so influenced. So I, I would, you know, it's definitely good for you yourself to develop your own personality and have your own set of core values and integrity to be able to navigate whatever situation, even if it's, I have no idea, I, I don't have a preference, whatever, you know, if, even if it's like that. But also, I think it's important to watch out for if people are being chameleon to you because they perceive you to be in a position of authority or, or you're a leader of a group or, or someone's trying to win your, your, your trust, affection, whatever it may be. It's also, you are responsible to sniff that out and say, hey, you, well, how do you really feel about this? Because I would be equally as, as worried for the boss who has 10 chameleons hovering around him wherever he goes, or brown nosers, um, I would say, do I want a relationship with that boss? Because he seems to not see that everyone around him is just kissing all day long, you know? <laughs> and it's, you know, better would be to see the leader who takes multiple varying points of views. It's not always... You know, you don't, you know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's just hard to. It, well, it'd be it, hard to trust him, right? Talk or, hard to me, for me. Gosh. <laughs> because, because, yeah, if, you, if your leader is a chameleon, then it's like, how can I. Or he enables chameleons. Or how can I trust people. this person with what I feel to get anywhere? It'll just end right there. Mm-hmm. Because if. If your leader or manager what not goes to their manager or leader says, "Hey, they say this," and they're like, they're not going to stand up for you, right? right. If their manager that, tells them, "Oh, he's just being him," then he's like, "Oh, yeah, throw he you is. under the bus or, or yeah. whatever makes convenient because they've already made sure that their personality is I will adapt to whatever pleases you yeah. or and, your highness. Instead of right? them going to bat for you, no, this is a real issue. We should push this forward. So, so I would say that chameleon is a very low, very, very low, almost no integrity. Your relationships are built on almost zero integrity because you are whatever you think will please a person. And People the pleasers, thinnest, the, the thinnest doormats, layer deep. Yeah. Know? There's nothing, nothing uh, of substance of substance to it. It's just whatever you happen to be saying to me right now, I'm gonna go with it. Yeah. And what what do you actually believe? Well, whatever whatever you think, you know. And it's like wow, I don't know. Personally, when I, I come across people like this, I, <laughs> yeah. I dismiss them. Like this, I just think this one you're is irrelevant. You don't unless even unless they're idea. under the age of four. That's just, <laughs> yeah, right. That's just how In they are. In which are. case, well, it's yes, funny, you I, I see <laughs> my, my son, he's seven, and I see him how he acts with his cousins when he thinks nobody's around. He's like, I'm in charge, I'm cool. <laughs> and then when he acts with other kids, and, and it's okay. You don't have to come down on that. It's a process. They need to learn it. And remember as a kid when you have interactions with friends, and it's very common. You, you do something with one friend and then you're not honest with the other one and you get caught and you're like, 
And you can lose friends that way. But you learn. Yeah, and you learn, hey, I shouldn't be duplicitous. I should be honest with everybody. Um, But there are people who never left that stage or never learned it, how to manage it. Because it it is okay if your boss is a chameleon or other people. Because one, you can't control that. But you can control your interactions with them. You know, you can say, hey, I'm going to continue to be uh, true to what I believe. I don't have to be disrespectful. I don't have to be contrary. But I can at least... There are situations where I know I don't agree with something, but I at least spoke my mind, and I can be okay with whatever the outcome is. And I think giving other, giving people who are chameleons the opportunity to, like, identify themselves a little bit more, you know, by saying, so, how do you feel about it? Oh, whatever you say. No, but, like, I really want to know. Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts about this? Come back to me tomorrow. You know, tell me what it is you're actually feeling and thinking about this, because yeah. that's important to me. What, how you as an individual think and feel matters to me. Bring back to me an experience you've had that supports yeah. how you feel. Right. I, I, I look at those individuals and I think those are the individuals highly swayed by headlines, by trends, by clickbait, and they, they don't take the time to formulate an opinion even if the opinion is I don't have an opinion that is an opinion that is okay but they have to be they have to belong to a camp to, to a tribe the problem with that is is all aspects of their life become like that and they're just ping-ponging around you know so you want to run through just fast a quick summary and then yeah we can be done. so the pickle is all about negativity and sitting in the brine sitting in the vinegar the martyr, all about being a victim and and claiming to be everyone's kind of savior in a way. Um, <laughs> the leech is being overly dependent and never never going out and, and taking autonomy for yourself. The time traveler, it's about being present and, and focusing on things that are happening in the here and now instead of living in the past or, li- or hoping for an eventual future. And the chameleon is uh, all about identity. What is your identity and, and how do you prevent it from just being changed on a whim by who you happen to be with or be talking to? Or if other people have very strong identity or opinions, you just go with that instead of whatever it is that you think or feel about it. So those are just, I mean, everyone is one of these or all of these at some time, right? We're not saying that this is, these are, you know, some sort of syndrome that you have or an illness that you have. Everyone has done some of this at some point or maybe multiple things at once. No one is immune, right, to these kind of behaviors. But there are people who kind of live in these kind of realms and though that's what we've kind of decided is yeah. the, to, to basically break it down into five categories of different kinds of strugglers. Yeah, and I think it's it's important to, if you feel like a victim or you feel like there's a situation out of your control, a very easy thing would be is look at these kind of behaviors and are you exhibiting some of them, you know? Um, and if you are, try to minimize them as much as possible. Try to find balance. And because for me, that's how I felt that I've improved my life you know, and become happier is when I have minimized uh, negative or self-destructive or self-defeating behaviors. And, and it's so much easier to feel empowered and to feel like every day is a new opportunity as, as opposed to every day is drudgery. And the reason that's important is because nobody wants to be in that place. Nobody's truly happy there. And you don't want to be that person to someone else. And that's the that's the difficult thing is identifying seeing these things in yourself. If you if you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other ones, uh, share it with a friend, share it with a family member. Not you know to insinuate that they have to. Hey, check this out. This is what's wrong with you. Yeah, but just kind of <laughs> to say, hey, this is something to talk about. Be part of the dialogue. Share it with other people. Um, our our biggest hope is that. The things that we've experienced, we can help other people who have had similar experiences to to talk about it and to all of us to become a little bit better every day. Yeah.
And for a small donation of five dollars, <laughs> we do have a coloring book that's coming out yeah, soon. Coloring book. We will send to you. Yeah, there's a pickle, a martyr, a leech, <laughs> a time machine, and a chameleon all in one page. Only five pages. <laughs> that's messed up. Why do they call it dry erase? Because you can erase it with dry. You don't need to get it wet to erase it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You know what I mean. <laughs> like, other erasers. How do they call it dry erase? <laughs> you can erase because it. Because of literally what those words mean. <laughs> <A> dry erase. Because <laughs> you know when you ask something and like your dad licks his finger and like smudges it off your face? That's wet erase, dude. But when have we ever yeah, had wet erase? <laughs> when have we ever had wet erase? I don't you know. On the, on the overhead projector. Oh uh, yeah, you used to spray the thing and wee 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 wee. That's wet erase, dude. When have we ever had wet erase? Wet erase? Wet erase? Wet erase? Wet erase. 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 Wet erase.